0: Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Three Bears in a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm joined by... Stu McFall. Yeah, so today, unfortunately because of... Mackay has got children and Barry didn't look at his shifts correctly, so he is now somewhere on the road between here and Inverness, I believe. Um, we've had to draft in our overseas correspondent, Mr McFall.
1: So, yeah.
0: so thank you very much for picking up tonight.
1: Love dudes. Thanks for having me.
0: How is life on Manx just now?
1: Life on Manx is good. Um, it's... Uh, a been a strange kind of uh, couple of weeks with World Cup on, so people have been really confused as to whether they're English or not,
0: which yeah. has caused a lot of, <laughs> what, a is lot a gen- of what is the general feeling Are people England supporters on Isle of Man or are they sort of like they still hold true to sort of like older like Irish or Scottish heritage?
1: I would say it's probably about eighty percent English, right? And then you've got and then you've got twenty percent who say we're not English, we're Manx, <laughs> okay. um, and quite vehemently year against England. Um obviously I'm I, I'm not an English fan in any way. No. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say most people because we're probably most closely affiliated to Liverpool and most people over here really support English teams and we yes. all sound English. What does it pain to say? Um, <laughs> so most people are English England fans, but it has still caused a bit of um furory between Certain factions over here, which is quite amusing
0: to to witness. The idea that two people in Manx are fighting regarding England and Croatia just it just shows how football can unite us all in some way. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. The biggest thing, like you know, it spans all like all nations, even semi nations,
1: even semi nations like us too. Yeah. Literally nothing to brag about. I think we lost to and Stanley in a friendly.
0: Are you drinking anything tonight? I am in honour of
1: being on the guest. I've got Hop House Thirteen, which I'm quite a fan of. I like it.
0: yeah, it's getting quite popular again. Hop House Thirteen. People a lot. Of people, yeah, yeah, I've been to quite a few places. Um, obviously it's getting branded about sort of like in supermarkets you can you can get you can buy the big packs of it like the like twelve packs and the like sort yeah. Them, it's a, sort of yeah, it's just, a, it's, just a, it's
1: just a fuck off bottle really. So yeah. it's like. Two of them for four quid. I I'll have some of that. Um, I didn't
0: know the Guinness guys until I mean, I've had a few of them and I, I was blissfully unaware so I saw an advert the other day. Yeah, um, it's Guinness's way of like sort of trying to crack some of the, um, you know, the, yeah. the IP marketing with that one. Is it Goose IPA? It's um, I guess Budweiser is it? Goose IPA? Yeah, Goose IPA is like is Budweiser brand. Yeah. Yeah, that's there. Yeah, it is. That's the we of cracking. I think you to probably find out more a lot about a lot of um. Big breweries try to obviously become that independent, have that independent brand obviously to because the yeah. market is getting, you know, beyond huge now. It's getting bigger and bigger every day, it seems. It's huge, isn't it? What yeah. about you? Are you drinking I'm, that? I'm going classic. I'm going with the, the homebrew, it's brew uh, dog, Punky IPA. I got a lot for my birthday, no. so I'm working my way through it. Don't go wrong. You can't, can't go with Punky IPA, especially on a Friday night, you want to have something nice and, nice and simple. So yeah. Okay, um, we'll start with the non-cinema viewings and, and then with Strange Tunnel Events. You've seen more at home than I have. Um, that is odd. It have, you know, I have seen more at the cinema, but you have seen more at home than I have. Um, so we'll start yeah. with your first one. What's the first one you've seen?
1: Uh, first one I've seen, man, um, was Last Flag like Flying.
0: Richard Linklater film? Yes, which yeah. I, I really enjoyed. Was it out this year or last year? I honestly can't remember when it was out. I don't know. It
1: didn't.
0: It, it didn't get a cinema release. It got a limited cinema release in Britain. It pretty much went almost limited. straight to Amazon. I think it got quite a quite a maybe like you know your, your, your key cities um release. I've got it down on 20, it's 2018, So I watched it this year. I think I watched it the first time it was on Amazon. So I think it was out sort of the early early part of of this year. Um, but it's starring. It's got who's on it? Um, Steve Carell, Larry Fishburne, Larry and S- Brian, Brian Cranston. Brian Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. And you can explain the story all very simply.
1: Uh yeah, so uh three ex Marines, uh long since estranged, reunites Um Steve Carell's son uh is killed in action uh in Iraq. And so he uh reunites with the old gang. They've uh changed quite well, one of them changed quite deep. Larry Fishburne is now uh a practicing priest. Um yeah. Ryan Cranston's uh, a, a drunken bum who works behind a bar, yeah. and uh, Steve Cornell's a mild-mannered guy who hasn't got past his previous demons, which kind of they manifest as as the film goes on. And it's just it's, it's just it's quite a simple story, really well told with usual lots of space that Linklater creates and and the, that kind of feeling that. You're almost observing something rather than it being filmed, um, and you just you just want to spend time with those characters. Yeah,
0: that's, that's what I got from it as well. The, the story is so simple; like they're trying to obviously retrieve the body of um, Terrell's son, the than like a burial. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a simple background. Like it is more just you're always watching a series, not quite vignettes, but it is just a series of moments with these people. Yeah. As they travel through, try to travel through a bit of America and also try to um, kind of understand like. What they were, who they are, and what they what they might become, and what their kind of place now is. Do you think that? Yeah, absolutely. Larry Fishburne's character seems mostly content with what he's become. Yes, so he's what,
1: he's but he's probably the most nuanced in a way, though, because yeah. he, he you can see that kind of dichotomy between who he is and who he was. But he's definitely more comfortable in his own skin. Yeah, and he's definitely he's he is who he's supposed to be.
0: Yeah. I think. Whereas the Correll character and the Cranston character, they're still clearly clinging on to to the past, and they've sort of had a real. They can't. They yeah, can't like they good. can't let go. Would you? It's comparable to Linklater like, stuff, like the one you like. Is it Before Sunset and Be- Before Sunrise? It's sort of compar- it uh-huh. comparable to them? Very much like I think so. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: That, that's my favourite Linklater. When he when he's when he's going down that kind of floaty, introspective yeah. um, vibe, which is almost. Uh, it's almost uh, poetic in a way, um, and and just really kind of easy and languid, and then it just kind of washes over you, and before you know it, you've you've been deeply affected by it, and it stays with you in a really pronounced way. That's they're they're my favourite kind of films really, and Linklater captures that better than anyone, I yeah, think.
0: Definitely less flashes and say like Days and Confused or um, Everybody Wants Some. It's definitely it's not like, it's not definitely not flashes that, but. Yeah, for me as well. It did absolutely stayed with me for a long time after I watched it. Is he, and Carell is phenomenal in it. Like it's his performances, like what is it? In a film of great performances, he is the anchor of this entire film. Totally, totally.
1: He's you've said to me before that he he will win an Oscar and
0: it He has to, he's, he's probably he, the best. He has to. Yeah. He he is like well, obviously comedians make the best actors because they have they can do the subtlety a lot better than say an, an act like a like a drama dramatic actor can't really do the comedy quite as easily. But no. the we that um, Corel can sort of consume a role. It is, it's almost, you know, I, I guess to say, like De Niro, like, you know, when De Niro could do it, or even, you know, um, DDL, Daniel Day. It's, it's sort of, it's on that level. Have yeah. you, you, you watched that film, what's the one he was in when he plays the, the millionaire, the fox catcher? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one. Even if you watched the one that was out, I think, early on this year, maybe late last year, the one when he plays the tennis player, um, Battle of the Sexes. He, yeah. he, he becomes or even Little Miss Sunshine as well he becomes the character and he, 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 you don't see Steve Carell at that point it's the same way Tom Hanks can do that you don't see Tom Hanks you see mm-hmm. whatever character he's playing he, he totally has to win an Oscar at some point in his life I think he he's he most deserved the one. and his, his recent performances have been sort of just spectacular I can't think of a bad film he's done over the last no no he's, he's so even,
1: even like the, the Way Way Out you know he was so unlikable you know really? he, he's which is it shows that he's um, he's got a lot of versatility. I, I I totally agree with what you say. He's he's very immersive. I mean, the, the classic comparison is, of course, Robin Williams, yeah, because he was he was so he brought such heart to his roles. But actually, Williams was incredible. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he had the versatility that Corral's got. No. I, I, but, Maybe, maybe towards the end of like Insomnia and things like that, and uh one-hour photo, but mm. on the whole, Carell seems to be dipping his toes in, in lots of different waters, really.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I just find it a bit sad that Last Flag Flying, especially on the back of, is that Linklater's first film since Boyhood? And that's no, they, Everybody Wants
0: Some was his one after Boyhood. Ah, of course. So, so it's the one called that one. Yeah. which Everybody Wants Some got a surprisingly decent release. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that in the cinema and I was surprised I saw it in the cinema like I was delighted to see it in the cinema obviously but I was really surprised Hell only there yeah. for one week but still it got a cinema list. whereas Last Flag Flying you thought it was with the cast involved in it it should have got a, like a wide cinema that's loop.
1: it yeah that's it man it's like a proper heavyweight cast and they're all on spectacular form like Brian Cranston deserves a mention here because he is just having an utter riot yeah. and what, what the thing is despite the subject matter being quite obviously very sombre um and reflect it. It's actually an incredibly funny film. Yeah. Really funny. I, I was laughing a lot of it. And Cranston was just—you could tell he just having an utter blast. Yeah. Shame. It, I, it, I think he should
0: have done better. It intrigued me like how much of that's in the script. I, I don't know. If, like, does it doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's sort of like a Kevin Smith or even, um, you know, your um Fincher, who like you know every word on the page must be read as it is written. I think
1: uh-huh, maybe uh, more like a, a Caribbean enthusiasm style yeah. ad-lib approach.
0: He, yeah, He definitely thought to maybe gives us a, a, an outline, maybe some ideas of dialogue, but he's very happy for actors to sort of exist in that moment. And he's a director who gives him a lot, gives him space, you know, and, and that's yeah. that's he matters so much. I would give that a, a nine, a
1: really strong nine. For me, it's going to be really high up in my... Um, I'm counting it as this year. So for the
0: the three beers top ten, it's going to be really hard. I think. Yeah, I, I think it will count in this year's top ten. I think it was out in 2018 in this country, so I think you can put it in the, the top ten. If Excellent. You know, so yeah, um, so that's um last lifeline. Um, the one I watched this week was a really, do- really dodgy documentary, um, called <laughs> called Some No Face, which is on right. it's on Amazon, and it's essentially it's about the first sanctioned. Um, paranormal investigation by the Australian government um, on an island on in the coast, um, sorry, in, in in Sydney Harbour, it's called Cockatoo Island, and on it there's a sort of there's a a building that's existed in many forms as a, you know, a, a, basically a concentration camp for Aboriginals, and there was, a, there was a prison and then it was, you know, many other things. And essentially what happens is on this island there's a group of paranormal investigators who capture what they claim, or what people claim is the first body apparition of a ghost, and this you know, this being seen sort of basically blows open the doors of you know ghosts are real, and you can't deny the 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 existence of them after seeing this ghost. Um, which yeah. itself is an interesting concept, and you obviously have seen a lot of stuff on TV where it's like you know the ghost hunters and that kind of stuff. It's it's you know it's, it's kind of schlocky on that level. The major problem with it is that it's basically a sort of guy, who I think apparently was quite famous in America, I can't actually remember the name him him right now, but the film is basically an eagle trip for him, sort of showing his summer adventure going down to Australia and back to LA every six months where he tries to pretend that he knows what the fuck's going on. Oh, God. Um, And he's trying to sort of, he basically, his job is to try and, he's trying to prove that the person's lying to begin with. Because um, uh-huh. he's, he's trying to be sort of as, as um, sort of scientific as possible, but ultimately he believes it is real. So any any scientific sort of duress he put under is is by But the fact that he wants it to be real, yeah, um, and no, and ultimately the evidence of it is pretty shit, and it doesn't really convince anyone. <laughs> yeah,
1: I can imagine. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> It's one of those things. if you believe in ghosts then you'll still believe in ghosts after it. If you don't believe in ghosts you'll still not believe in ghosts after it. If you're a bit like myself and who you know, is up for wanting to believe but wants proof, it's certainly not the proof you're you you are dying to seek. It's um it's a pretty dull documentary and that's the problem maybe with how cheap documents can be made these days and how many avenues there are to release them right now. That Yeah. Get ones can get on Amazon or Netflix or you know Hulu or any of these things. You know any you can watch them because they can well, obviously they can book relatively decent production values because it's, that's relatively cheap to do these days. But yeah. if, the content, if the content's not there, then ultimately shit is still shit.
1: You it's kind of become um a really easy avenue for uh, content, isn't it? Because you look at uh, YouTube and you can end up down a hole on YouTube with with all manner of homemade documentaries and conspiracy theories and everything else, and yeah. maybe say, maybe Prime. Prime probably more so than Netflix, I'd say. Uh, I've probably capitalised a bit on that, because yeah. it's easy content, for those.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this film actually was, from what I can see, it was essentially set up as almost a series of webisodes, I think is the term they use for them. And They've, sort yeah. of, they've done relatively well in internet terms, so they've sort of <laughs> amalgamated them all together into more of a feature film, and they've added a few extra bits to try and sort of flesh it out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an hour and forty minutes long, and it was an hour and forty minutes that I wish I hadn't wasted. <laughs> I had other options that day, and I, I picked the wrong option. I picked the blue pill and I should have picked the red pill.
1: It's one of them, though. Is, I mean, it could have been even if you know you don't believe at all. Even if it has been thought provoking or presented something in uh, an interesting way, then you can cause it can forgive it. But if you're still firmly rooted in the same position you were when you watched it, then it almost makes it completely
0: pointless. Yeah, utterly pointless. And we'll get to the documentary later on. I watched which actually did change a few things. So, um, yeah, so if, you go, if you're looking for a documentary on Amazon, some No Face is not the documentary you want to watch. I will bear that in mind. There are better ones out there, most definitely. Um, so what's your second cool. film?
1: Uh, second film was um, a little indie that I've been, I, I know you've seen, I, I was meaning to see for a while. Um, Other People?
0: Yes, starring Molly Shannon.
1: Molly Shannon on... Career
0: best film probably. I would um certainly
1: see, she's up there with a the career best, yeah. Um and um uh, but always good. Jesse Clemens who's just great and yeah. you know loves loves uh, spreading the ginger ginger word. <laughs> um, I, I, I I really enjoyed this film. Um enjoyed might be a strange word, but I I, I thought it was really sweet natured. Basically he's um just on hot, sorry. He's uh Jesse Clemens played this kind of Hangog curmudgeonly struggling comedy writers, trying to make it on you know, improv scene and Saturday Night Live and getting scripts rejected left, right, and centre. And then he, he's gay and he returns from a breakup from his boyfriend and returns to a small town to care for his dying mother. Um, and then the film kind of plays out as she gives up in the sense that she can't um, handle the chemotherapy anymore. And um, he trying to reconcile his his own future and with the fact that he's going to be left with a dad who's openly disapproved of his homosexuality and this kind of conservative family upbringing. Who plays the dad? And bad? also, I don't know, he's, he's one of them. who's in everything. Yeah. I can't remember the dude's name. Yeah, he's really good.
0: He's yeah, really I mean, good. I've, I've not got a computer open to check who plays the dad, but I remember him being, you know, obviously very good.
1: Yeah, he was, because you can. The, the thing about the dad is you can see how much he loves his son, but he just doesn't understand... There's one bit they have to... The, the, the great thing about it, I think, is that it's, it doesn't go down over saccharine territory, which it easily could have. Um, and there's one scene, you know, it's building towards that scene the way all the way throughout, the confrontation between him and the dad about the fact that the dad cut him out for years and doesn't even acknowledge the fact he had a boyfriend. And then Jesse Clemens basically breaks down and says, you know, we're actually broken up and you still can't even say his name. Uh, and the dad you can see really is so confused by it, he just
0: doesn't understand. Yeah. Um yeah, he just doesn't get it at all. It's isn't he a man from the West Wing? Isn't he from the West Wing? I guess I think he's Bradley Whitford. It's Whitford, of yeah, course. He didn't know for get out and he was in the post. But yeah, he's he's um, Josh from the yeah. West Wing. Yeah. Yeah. But he has started crop yeah. up a lot of movies these days, so it's nice to see him on screen to keep the West Wing, you know, love alive. Um, but I, I'm, I'm actually, I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was a really subtle, well done film that I think unfortunately got kind of lost. And um, it's released. I didn't see it in the cinema again. Didn't get much of the release over year. I don't think it done that well in America. And it seems like one of those films where it needs to have like almost an Oscar buzz or a, some sort of a like award buzz around it. Oh, okay.
1: the, and it should have really. Should have, it should been,
0: have actually, definitely Molly yeah. Shannon to got an Oscar buzz. Um, and because it doesn't have that buzz, it it sort of falls away. People don't sort of acknowledge it as as much as they should. There was one out a few years ago, I think maybe last year, or the year before, called Twentieth Century Women um, with Annette Benning. I've seen it. I haven't absolutely, even heard of it. An absolutely beautiful, fantastic film. She's I mean Annette Benning is always Always great, yeah. But she's particularly brilliant in this film. But because it didn't really get that big buzz when it came to the Oscar Awards there's, you know, the bigger juggernauts that sort of push it away and like you know, a couple of direct, a couple of like, you know, writers have their favourite movie and they get sort of pushed to the the forefront. It gets forgotten. Yep. You know, i even put Brooklyn in that in that um, regard. you know, Yeah, Brooklyn. totally. It's Great show. Got a little bit of buzz, but there's sort of bigger juggernauts, in it's way that sort of pushed it pushed it out its way, and I think other people's a, a little bit like that as well. Just never really got that affection and love it really deserved. Um, but it is a fantastically well done film. It's just a lovely, it's a lovely, lovely movie.
1: Yeah. And uh, see the the writer director is a he was a Saturday Night Live contributor. And it's it's very autobiographical as well, isn't it? Yeah. So that kind of gives it a bit more poignancy as well, I suppose. But yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed this film, and I hope it goes on to be kind of a cult, more of a cult fave. I, I think I only heard about it because it was in one of those you know the incessant top ten indie films you need to yeah, see on yeah. Netflix saw that. So uh, hopefully it gets a bit more of a uh, appreciation now. But it's a couple of
0: years old now, isn't it? I think it was two thousand and sixteen, so I don't know I, I didn't lose out to Lady Bird and sort of the idea of like sort of that film of the year, but I can't remember what the film like what last year's movie was or the you know the twenty seventeen Oscar. No. I'm kinda of black a blank as to what the Indie Darling that year was, but it's it sort of it lost it. I mean I think another film that year I think it was Grandma, it got lost as well because of
1: Yeah. Grandma. Grandma was amazing. Both yeah. of these films, I prefer far more to Lady Bird.
0: Both yeah. of them. Um, but, yeah, um,
1: obviously, without Shersha sure Ronan, I think Lady Bird is pretty by numbers. You know, she elevates it.
0: Yeah, yeah, so does right. um, the mother, whose name I can't remember. So Darlene from, not Darlene. Oh, God, yeah, no. The one from Roseanne, yeah. Roseanne, yeah, yeah Roseanne's, Roseanne's um, sister, or Sheldon's sister yes. from, um, yes. from Big Bang. And she elevates yeah, that. We need two together well, and elevate that. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, out of what do you give other people.
1: Other people get the night from me. Really enjoyed it. <laughs>
0: yeah. You can get a film, though. Maybe it is suited better to a, a home viewing as opposed to a cinematic viewing.
1: Definitely, it's a very intimate film, isn't it? It, it, it doesn't feel like it would. You would. You would almost feel. A bit disconnected watching it on a big screen. On a big screen, I think. I think yeah. it is made for a home viewing, just curling up on a Sunday night or something,
0: watching yeah. that. Yeah. There's a lot of films like that, but I still, I still think every, even an indie film, there's something special about seeing it in a, like a cinema. Like even something that's intimate, say like Grandma or Boyhood or, um. Yeah. There is something nice about seeing that on a, a large screen with an audience because you get, you get the reaction to it as well. But, sure.
1: Yeah, that can't
0: be discounted. Sure. Yeah. But equally, you know, because, but equally, I can just understand, you know. It's not a film you want to pay twelve bucks to go and see. You know, you would rather wait and watch it on Netflix for, you know, six nine nine a month. Yeah. Um, but yeah I so mean, the, the big the big scene always
1: though, Ultimately, despite like what I'm saying now, you still always prefer to see it on the big screen if you could. But on the Isle of Man, we are extremely limited, yeah. <laughs> extremely
0: limited. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, that's a film that's definitely not going to come to Isle of Man. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So we to some cinema stuff. So I'm going to start briefly because Jill's and sister start with this one, which is on Monday. Um, they were re-released for some bizarre reason, which I don't actually understand. I not It wasn't anniversary. It wasn't any such sort of special year. But the sound of music, <laughs> um, was back on the big screen, um, for one night only. Now, as you know, I'm yeah. I'm quite a fan of this bringing the old film back to watch on the big screen. You know, I enjoy seeing films I haven't right. seen before on the big screen. i I'm, I I like it. Um, I've seen quite a few That's of them. Cool. You know, yeah. and I've always had something for it. Um, I'm not particularly for watching three hours on a Monday night. That's that's maybe a bit too much of of singing on a a Monday night for me.
1: Um,
0: But in saying that, I I can understand when you watch it on the big screen how this film did encapsulate and did enthrall people. Because it it does have something about it. It is is a big film, you know, and and you can see why people would gravitate towards it. Um, Yeah. I didn't totally buy into it, you know, I, I felt. Mary Poppins is a far superior movie when it comes to Gillie Andrews singing and dancing, but um, I, I enjoyed it. I think Jill really enjoyed it, but I, I semi-enjoyed it. I thought it was alright, but at three hours it was testing my patience because they do sing the same song about 15 fucking times. <laughs> I, was, I was losing interest for a long, a long period of time.
1: I mean, you've you've accredited some serious fiance points there, my friend.
0: I think um, so. I even bought dinner that night, which I think is amazing. <laughs> I, I bought not I only I bought dinner and went to see Sound of Music. It's like that seems unfair somehow. I feel dinner should have been for me. I have but, only seen the Sound of Music once. Um, uh, the
1: thing is, people who are fans of it are proper fans. Oh up, yeah, people are ridiculous.
0: people are absolutely you know addicted to it. Um, I think I'm like <laughs> I don't know if I've even seen it all the way through before. I've seen sort of the key bits of it, so like I know, you know, every, the bits everyone knows, like I know the songs mostly, and I know, you know, the sort of big scenes, like the songs, obviously, Scotland fans sung a song from for God knows how long, you know, so I know the words to some of the songs, um, but yeah, it's, it, it, was a bit of a, it was stretching my patience for a long time, it, was, it did stretch patience, but the, odd, um, the, the other thing was, that this film was so long, it even had like an interlude, like it had like an actual pause in the film. Wow. Like you are at the actual theatre or yeah, something. Yeah, which I thought yeah. that was kind of cool if they brought round ice cream and stuff like that, but they didn't do that. They just basically went oh. to black for like 15 minutes and then put it back on. I'm going, oh, you could have made something of that, surely. Um, exactly. Yeah. Thought, the hills are alive with the sound of ice cream. That <laughs> would have been ideal. Um, but I am walking Cineworld, who's my, my local cinema. They've been doing this quite a lot recently. They seem to be pushing this, sort of showing off a lot of older movies. Just um, go... Pulp Fiction on an almost six monthly basis, um, but they do have a lot cool. of things, and, and, and it is something to be said. We've seen a film, even if you've seen it a hundred times before, um, to see it on the big screen is always bringing something a little bit special and, and different to it. I think you know cause that's the way it should be
1: seen. I, I love that because it really appeals to cinephiles. You know, it, it just that that's something I would I would personally adore if I could see Alien on the big screen or I could see. Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs or something like that, or Godfather, that would be Yeah. That would be incredible. Um not so much the sound of music, but there are so many people who adore that film that, you know, fair play, you know, why not? Why shouldn't they? Um it's a really cool thing that they do that. It just it's it's purely for the little cinema that.
0: Yeah, that's the point. it's purely for that's what cinema should be for, is to it's to experience that and there is something to be said for watching a film in a darkened room with, you know, fifty or hundred strangers. You know, because you're all there, exactly like that film like this, where you know you're only there because you love that film, or you've been dragged along by someone yeah. who does love the film. You're there, <laughs> you're there for yeah. reasons, and, there. and there's, there's, even though you all know the film, you could all most of you could all quote the words line for line. There's still a reverence when you're watching the film people want to still yeah. enjoy it the same way they always have. You know, like yeah, I remember. Totally. We, I remember when I seen Jaws in the cinema for the first time, and it, like you could actually tell everyone in the cinema had seen this film at least fifty times. But yeah they still watching it with the same, or they'd watched it when they first saw it. You know what I Well, times... it's that,
1: yeah, it's that thing, sorry to interrupt, it's that thing when, you know, you, you, you've got a friend or whatever, and you say, just watch this film, I know you'll love this film. Mm. You, you've seen it and you love it, and then you're almost watching it as much as, watching their face and their reaction as much as you're watching the film itself. You take a, get a real buzz out of seeing their reaction. So when you're surrounded by like-minded people for the most part, um it there's a there must be a really good atmosphere
0: there those those viewings. Yeah. Like it is lucky I don't live in London. I don't know if I lived in London I would pretty much be encamped at the Prince Charles um base. Yeah, it's such really a good scene too as well. Yeah. They just, they just show everything and anything. Um yeah. so I would be there probably I'd have a lifetime membership watching films on a you know, pretty much daily basis. So it's probably a good job. But I don't they only do it only once a month up for yep. I am a I'll be even more than I already am. We will move on to, <laughs> We will move on to, uh, and if we're getting, I'll give some music. I'm going to give it a six out of ten. You know. That's all right. It's all right. did yeah. like not awful, but it did test my patience. Um, not as much as what of, the voice does, and I said it's nowhere near as good as, many Poppins. Agreed. On both yeah. counts. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so we move on to sort of the new releases that are out this now. So a couple of them you've not seen, a couple of them, one of them you have seen. So we'll, we'll blast through the first one, which is um, a film called The First Purge. Yes. Which I think is the fifth or sixth. Film in the, right. the pub series, um, which is always created by the the Bloomhouse Studios. So yeah. you know, God bless them. They are making an absolute killing on these things, and they're making them for about twenty million bucks, and yeah. they are, you know, making one hundred and fifty million, you know, on each film. So they 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 can understand why they keep making these things. Um, so th- this one is directed by Gareth McMurray who hasn't really done much apart from one film called Burning Sands, which I've not seen. But he was a producer on Fruitvale Station. Okay, that's so,
1: interesting. You know,
0: right, I think, I think I want to say associate producer. So I'm not I'm not entirely sure how much of a a role he had in that. But you know, he, he could be some guy who just maybe put you know a hundred couple hundred quid into it, and he gets. So I don't, I don't I don't know how much he put into it. But obviously he has got him meetings and studios. But this is what he's managed to parlay it into. Um, so it's. It, the, The plot of the film is very simple. The the, the purge is something that takes place in America once a year, and people are allowed. The crime is legal for 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 a whole day or for 12 hours. You can do whatever you want. You can kill someone. You can rape someone. You can murder someone. You can rob someone. You can do whatever the hell you want, and you'll not be punished for it. Um, And the first purge is all about the idea of how this all came to be. They do sort of a a testing ground, which is on Staten Island um, in New York. They're they're testing, you know, will this idea work? will people actually purge their badness out of them and feel better after it? Um, and they're hoping that people will do that so they can basically expand it you know, nationwide.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, in the film, there's not really many people of note in it. You've got um, the, the most notable person is it is Marissa Tomei, who plays sort of the architect of it, but she only has maybe about, at most five scenes in the film. You know, she's not in it for a huge amount. Um, right. You've got a guy called Yolan Noel, who is basically, if you can't get Chadwick Boseman, you'll get this man. Um we've also got Jovian Wade, who's a British actor. I think he's in like about 50 episodes of Casualty and all sorts of stuff like that. But he's also trying maybe make his mark in, in, in America with this film. Um, it, just, it does not work well. It, <laughs> um, I'll give the positive first. I am I am always, every every film is a Christmas Eve moment. You might find something you like, you didn't expect. Um, a couple yeah. of set pieces are relatively well done. You know, they're, they're solid enough. They're, they're they they move at a decent pace. They're not particularly you know new or unique, but they're, they're they're handled well enough that you make you think, oh, this director could probably handle something else in a in a in a decent and strong way. Um, sure. But that's pretty much it, to be honest. Oh wow. Well. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a prequel. Always, it's a prequel, and it's got the same problem that every prequel I've ever watched is, which is you know where this You know ends. what's going to happen. Yeah. So you ultimately <laughs> yeah. know everything they're doing to try and prevent this becoming a thing is ultimately pointless because you know it becomes a thing. You know, I have the same yeah. problem with you know, something like Rogue One or some of the Planet of the Apes early films as well. Yeah. There's a certain amount of tension is lost from these films because you know what happens. You know where this ends up. Yeah. Um, it
1: dilutes tension, doesn't it, completely. You don't care
0: because you know how it ends. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know this heroic last stand. Yeah, they might have a heroic last stand that works out Okay, for them we ultimately know, yeah. But in a year's time, it's gonna be the same again. Um, yeah. the script and dialogue and the performances are pretty, the the at best average, and sometimes us like some of the, the dialogue is so like on the nose and it, it it's you know mm-hmm. it, it, it's pretty it's, it's not even subtle, you know, and it it labors to try and be like sort of relevant in today's world, you know, coming across with maybe the the Black Lives Matters thing and. A wee bit of the Me Too thing that when they try and be do that, it feels token and it feels sort of weak. you know, it, it feels, Yeah, like, like like yeah, it feels very false. It feels like they're trying to do that rather than you know they're pushing it to do it to they think this will get people interested in it. This will make this and next get out, which it most definitely yeah. is is not. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's 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 not awful. Like 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 all the Pubs films. As you, know, like you said, you've not seen any of them before. No, Ethan Hawke in the
1: first
0: one. Ethan Hawke in the first one, and he's, and the first one's actually genuinely quite decent, because essentially the first one is just two people, or a family trying to defend their home, so it's got like got a Zulu-like complex to it, it's just sort of a like family defending their home, and that's pretty much it. As I've started to make these sequels and sort of build a mythology and sort of, sort of try and make some sort of universe out of this, that's when it starts to lose interest and lose hope, and, and it gets kind of dull, but they're never really, they're never awful. You know, they're not, No. they're always just very average. And this one is very much a very average film as well. I
1: mean, that, that's, that's probably better than I'd expect. Yes. You know, I, I can't, I can't really judge that much. I mean, all I can say is, you know, I'll, I'll pretty much watch anything with Ethan Hawke. Um, so yeah. I don't know why I haven't got around to it. Just a strange side note to this. Um, uh, Lisa has family in Switzerland and we stayed with them. Probably about 10 years ago, and she was, uh, her auntie was telling us about in, I think it's in Zurich, it might not be, um, no, Geneva, it's in Geneva, for so one night only, this is genuinely true, these famously placid, uh, non-committal, deeply repre- repressed, dull <laughs> they are given one night, unofficially, this is genuinely true, unofficially by the police to let their hair down, get pissed. I mean, I think rape would probably be a problem and murder, yeah. <laughs> but other than, other than that, other than that, they can get their Swiss army knife out, knife out. they can crack on and just enjoy themselves for the night, and apparently it's absolute chaos because they're such a repressed okay. kind of Protestant country that it all just comes to the fore and shit goes down. Man. So maybe that's for me, I've always felt like the purge would be a bit underwhelming than the image I have of... Uh, Geneva, that one yeah. night every year. I still don't know if that's a thing,
0: but yeah. I'll, I'll look into it. Look, really yeah, I mean, there's just issue I've got with the Poldis. The general, not just this film, but the general idea of the Poldis in general, like the idea, of the sort of setup of the whole world is that as soon as you're allowed to do anything, apparently everyone wants to fucking kill each other. I, I still think people would going like, no, I'm going to take this chance to go and rob a bank so I can get enough yeah. money that I can, I don't have to work for the next twelve months or the next, you know, however, you know, what orchestrate.
1: Yeah, yeah, man, you'd be pragmatic with it. Oh, there'd definitely be fucking in the streets. they would be fucking in the streets. You'd have and, in this
0: one for the first time there were two people shagging in the streets, but so you go, oh, yeah, that would probably happen, definitely.
1: Yeah, that would happen. Uh, people would do a fuck ton of drugs, but people do anyway. And then there'd be some drunken brawls, but you would- you know how to murder people? Would yeah. you really? You'd be more pragmatic. People yeah. just hate work so much now. Yeah. I agree.
0: That's where you go. Yeah. Like, I know in this country, probably the first thing people would do would go to the nearest Lidl or Costco and just ransack it. You know, just get yeah. everything they can from Costco and just live off that for the next, you know, two years because there's so much stuff.
1: Yeah. Like
0: just hibernate. Just, yeah, just um, hibernate for the next year, for the next length of time. But yeah, so I would give it a very average, right down the middle, five out of ten.
1: That's not bad, you know, considering that somehow, to for me, being incredibly judgmental and snobby, that there's somehow five or whatever deep into this good premise, but I don't see how it has, how it could stretch out. I don't know how they've made five films of it. It seems... That done every that.
0: every film is slightly different. It's basically not different. Every film is the same but different. Right. Yeah, you know, it's taking the same premise, the same idea, but just putting... Like one time it'll be a guy who's happens to be looking for something, or a guy who's like you know trying to find someone, or a guy who's who's lost something, or it was about uh, this one. will be like this one's all about the sort of the, the urban communities, sort of like the sort of down at heel community. So they always kind of find a wee new way into it, and I think as long as these things keep making money, they're going to keep. It, oh yeah, it, it is it is a new oh, version of like say Halloween or the th- Friday the Thirteenth yeah. films. That as long as you keep yeah. make if you can keep making these things cheap, and you can still make you know so much money on them, then they're going to keep turning them out until people don't go and see them.
1: And you you can't blame Bloomhouse for that. They've, they've got a really good business model. The only thing that, that is a bit saddening is that those other franchises you speak of, at least the original was, was a bona fide classic, yeah. and then each one looted that idea, whereas now it's mediocrity, and it's just, it's a steadying plateau of mediocrity, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but I think Blumhouse is involved in Get Out, so if I have to watch two or five PUG films to get one Get Out, I consider that a fair trade. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll I think, that. Absolutely. I think it's yeah. also involved with Whiplash as well. So again, if every Pud film shows me a Whiplash and a um, Get Out, then that, that seemed a relatively fair trade. Yep. Couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. Um, so we want to the next one, which is, it's not in the cinemas, but it is on Netflix. It's a Netflix original which. I think they're using that term very loosely. Because I think this film was made prior to Netflix. Netflix weren't involved until it came to distribution. I feel. Oh, okay. I'm not. Cause I'm, I'm only going by, now, by the number of companies you have at the start of the film. There's a good chance right. of like, yeah, good, like sort of production companies, which made me think this film maybe was developed and then it's been bought by Netflix at, um, like a you know a film fair, you know, um, which they they have been doing recently, um, and. Anyway, the film is called Calibre. Um, it's directed by a guy called Matt Palmer. This is his debut feature. Um, he has done a shit ton of like, shots, and I think he's done some British TV as well. Um, he's the writer of the film also. Um, in the film, you essentially only got two real actors. you get a guy called Jack Loudon and a guy called Martin McCann, um, who, is, who are both in 71, strangely. Have you ever seen the film? Great film. Yeah, uh, great but, um, film. Jack Loudon pops up in Dunkirk, and, Does he? Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming he plays Soldier A, who's on the beach. I don't, I don't know what one he's plays. <laughs> um, yeah. Mark McCann, I think I recognise him from. He's in Killing Bono. Have you ever seen the film Killing Bono? I have. Killing yeah. Bono.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Of course. That makes
0: sense. That, yeah. that did not twig at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, that just, he's, a, he's not They're both pretty decent actors. And I'm not attack I'm not going to mention much with the plot. I think the plot needs to be seen and explored rather than sort of given away. But essentially with two Definitely. friends I'm not going to say a strange friend, but it seems like two friends who haven't seen each other for a while, essentially. Mm. I, I do get that sense about it, maybe the one of them's went away and had an all one life and the went ones away they had all life and they've maybe some have maybe met up every now and again to go for drinks but the they, one, yeah, they they
1: they were a boarding school, weren't they? So you've got one who's one who's become a city slicker mm. and rolling in the money and then you've got one who's becoming a bit of a family man, yeah. I suppose.
0: Yeah, and it's almost like the one who's it's like it's almost like the bad boy that even the wife doesn't quite like. You know, she's a bit unsure of him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and he's the, the dominant force where the other dude is quite passive. Yeah.
0: yeah, so the two of them go on a, a, a hunting trip up the north of Scotland um, and they go to some small shit-at-heel town in Scotland in the Highlands um, and <laughs> interact with the locals. Something happens on the hunting trip, and essentially the story spirals um, from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's it's hard not. I don't want to say what it is because I think when it, what what does happen to change the film is quite small. Wow. You know. It's, yeah.
1: It's, it's. I mean, I totally agree with you. It is less is more. Like I, you recommended the film to me, and I just watched knowing nothing about it really, apart from that there was a bit of a buzz, um, and. That moment will stay with me for a long time. Yeah. it was a proper throttural shake like it it almost like a physiological change that like you almost feel you you almost replicate his feeling at it It's just completely overwhelming and a, a proper yeah, a, a proper emotive feel that you can't even process it, and yeah. you don't have time to process it,
0: yeah. That's the thing about it, that's what I thought was so good, about well, good, bad about it was, it's not eked out, it's not shown from, the, the instance not shown from like 50 different angles and in slow motion and no. a build-up to it. It's so brief and so instant that you are essentially that guy, that you see that guy's life. You're him. Yeah, you're him, you totally. like, like, you're, you're, you're instantly not put in a situation like, what the fuck would I do in that moment? You know, it's like I've done something. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. done. And then you'll try to like sort of instantly try to backtrack just from something you can't backtrack from, and you. And then like, a
1: spiral of bad decisions yeah. henceforth continues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a director's film, though, isn't it? I think in that sense, he he is good to be a star potentially on the back of this. I mean, the, the way he just guides you through, and he kind of meanders through. Um. Other. You feel like you can almost clip upon or take a path down cliche, and then he just it takes side steps every time. Just yeah. as you think you're hitting, hitting cliche, and he, he takes you elsewhere.
0: Yeah, because the film, the film, like so when you first get to the Scottish town, you think you're going to get a sort of, a wicker man thing, you know, because they walk into the bar and, and it is that sort of like American of London moment when everyone in the bar looks at them, everyone in the bar, you know, is like, you're not one of those, you're not local, you know, and they start judging them harshly, and then they start like you think like something bad is going to happen to these boys. You, you, you figure it's going to be something to the locals. Yeah, there's an eerie,
1: foreboding feel, mm. isn't there? There's like that, even like the the American werewolf in London pub vibe, or yeah. you know, um, uh, something that I should say like Wicker Man, or even you know, a, a parody genre flick like Hot Fuzz. You know, mm. there's that, that kind of. It's something I love because it's it's very reminiscent of where I live. Yeah. So <laughs> Isle of Man has that feel, and I thought that's exactly where it's going down. So everyone's got these. You're. You are them. You're oh. those two characters planted into this world and you're you're as paranoid as they are when they walk into the bar and every smirk and every look and every interaction is magnified and it creates this kind of paranoia that seeps through but actually it goes somewhere else completely the sides um, you Yeah. The film I would compare it to is not... Straw
0: Dogs. is a big influence on it. And I think Winter, I yeah. completely as, But I think there's a lot of like Blue Rune in there as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a great shout. It, it guides you along. You know, Like you think, it's, again, every way you think it's going one way and it just takes another way. you just circumvents what you think is the norm and what you expect from this film. Um, and because of that, you're taking on a really interesting ride and you've never really wanted to turn away from it and you are totally transfixed mm-hmm. by it. Um, yeah. the, the performances are all very, very good. They're all very believable. You know, I wouldn't say anybody stands out. So much, but no, I think it's like, like you said, it's the director who makes this film what it is. It could very easily have been very schlocky, very average, very poorly done, or, or you know stuff or, or, or you've seen a thousand times before. But there is a there is something that he's doing here in the way that it creates the the, the tension and the, the atmosphere of the film that rises well above the parapet of what you're of what you're expecting, you know, from this absolutely, film.
1: absolutely. I think we could be looking at obviously different. Genre, but um, a same kind of it sounds. So to me, it's the same kind of reverence for film that somebody like Edgar Wright would have. It feels like somebody who's got a real appreciation of the classics, yeah. but while still kind of paying homage, but then also ploughing his own furrow. You know, you've got those kind of unsettling shots of of nothingness, of yeah. this kind of stark, blank landscape, always pitch black, Scotch mist rolling in. And it, there's an unsettling feel all the way throughout. And then you'll just have these huge, quiet stretches of time, like where nothing much happens. Yeah. And then, boom, and then it, you're completely transformed. And it's hyper energy, hyper tense. And you're, you're totally swept along, as you say. And it, the, the thing that that's so great about it is it. it implant so many questions into your own head what would you do in that situation yeah, yeah. and it's it's not about bad people it's about momentary decisions that are ill-advised but not even the sense not even particularly bad with no, no ill meaning or of bad thought there it's just things can spiral so quickly and no. that's what's most terrifying about it
0: yeah every bad decision is has justification behind it yeah,
1: absolutely, and they they even have that conversation about it, don't they? And yeah. then the, the, the dude, again, I'm not giving too much away. The dude says to him, "Well, if if you something along the lines, of paraphrase, but if you know that uh, if you know that it, you wouldn't be asking me basically yeah. if, if you thought, yeah, if this was a bad decision, you know, oh. you know it's good. You know it isn't good. Yeah.
0: Um. So what you about a ten?
1: That's an 8 out
0: of 10 for me. Yeah, so, of yeah, absolutely same bang on, 8 out of 10 for me as well. I think it's, a, it's I've been recommending to everybody at work. And rec- when I see them, so if you're looking for something to watch, then this is definitely the film to, to watch. And it's good at Netflix. I mean, I don't know if Netflix is better doing this, you know, rather than doing what they've done recently, which is like sort of basically fund their own movies. And then... Do a bit of talent spotting. Yeah. Do a bit of be, talent
1: spotting instead. Yeah, yeah. Meet someone
0: at Sundance or be someone at, you know, the the... I I think this is favorite at the Glasgow or the Edinburgh Film Festival, be someone there you know who's who is looking to buy these films. you know because yeah. they've already been made and and they could and you know that they've, they've done without any sort of studio opposition they've done something and you could find something really interesting in it um Could they have done like no doubt they've done some of their own stuff. I thought it was really well done Opsha. I thought it was you know particularly fantastic. Um, yeah, some of them, yeah, some of them. They have done shit like Ibiza and Bright and a few other ones that you're going to go, oh, these are a bit bland and a bit a bit dull. So maybe that's going to be the next thing. Do you feel like if Netflix was around, you know, 20, 30 years ago, they would have bought clerks? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: a great
0: thought. Yeah, you know, yeah. they would have bought clerks. They would have you know, they, they bought Sex, Lies and Videotape. They would have. They, you
1: know, they, they might yeah, be yeah.
0: one of the guys who maybe gave Tarantino money to make Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Whatever, you know, yeah. The they're, the they're that the they're kind of people you know, but I like to see them do that more. And rather than make their own stuff, just just keep an eye out for stuff. I know a lot of directors and producers are, are at times unwilling to sell to Netflix because Netflix don't do any sort of cinematic release. Yeah. That essentially negates you from any from pretty much all awards discussion. You know, like Oscars, Baftas, and that they won't Golden Globes. In fact, won't acknowledge something that goes straight to you know, um, you know, on demand, it has to have some sort of, of a release. But I think that, that will change. That will change. That will change. Yeah, that will change. Yeah. Next five years, that will definitely change. Um, it will have to. Yeah. I there was a film, what was the one, Birth of a Nation, the, the you know, that one, that was out a couple of years the, ago. The Druselba one, yeah. No, not Druselba, who was it?
1: Wasn't oh,
0: no. The one about the, the slave revolt. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. Like he was offered, massive money by Netflix to go on Netflix, and he said no to it. He took like the next paycheck down because the company that it or part of the contract was you would get a cinematic release. Ah, uh, wow. Well. So that was that's you know, and the film itself did result. The film itself was pretty average and pretty shit to be honest. Yeah, but yeah,
1: I didn't really, yeah.
0: but the point is, you know, people may, you know, some people will choose that lesser amount of money to get the cinematic release, so I think Netflix either has got to start doing the cinematic release, or they've got to push for the industry to change itself to be more inviting of the, the on-demand yeah. stuff. I mean, I think the Pan this year was not showing Netflix stuff. Really? Yeah, they refused oh, to no. do it. There was a big sort of hoopla about it, but I think they, had to, they basically had to relent, because some of the big names are pulling out because of it. Um, I think, I think it's, only a matter, like, it's only a matter of time. Maybe the next Five six years, you'll probably start seeing. Yeah, it.
1: yeah, I think it'll be like you know when when digital downloads, you know, started being considered for chart release, you know, a yeah. chart for the official top forty. You know, just when it becomes the norm, and it absolutely is the norm. Yeah. Um, also than cinema going probably. Um, it's get it. It's quite sad in a way. Um, not so much for myself because basically, not that I don't love. The cinema, I
0: absolutely adore it, but just because there's no good cinemas over here. Yeah, it's have it. seen not to talk about it today if it wasn't for the fact it was on Netflix. Absolutely. So for me, it's a huge
1: gateway. So it's yeah. an absolute bonus for me. Yeah. One, one final thing on Caliber. I don't know. I was kind of thinking about this a bit more. I, I don't know if it was intentional. I think it was. What do you think about it in terms of the. Did you think it was trying to say something about the class divide in Scotland between the. Um,
0: the rural and the city types. That, Scotland. that was kind of where I thought it fell down a little bit. Didn't really work
1: that bit, did it? Yeah, that's a bit I of like a lot, like was trying
0: to shoehorn yeah. it in a little bit.
1: A they a bit. The
0: yeah. Yeah. Because the the two city boys, they're not the one they're not the one
1: percent. No, that's the thing. That doesn't make sense. Like he's just gonna pass it on to his mate. He just he's just like you and I he just works for a big company in thailand oh. <laughs>
0: Tiny coffee yeah. with big machine. So yeah, that's why I probably knocked down a few points because I felt that was not ne- not required and it did feel a bit shoehorned into it. Um, yeah. And yeah. the justification for what happens doesn't need that. No, no, it's
1: not it's not essential at
0: all, is yeah. it? No. Like I know I know in the Highlands yeah. of Scotland there is a bitterness towards the Central Belt, same way in the West of Scotland there's a bitterness and anger and sort of hatred towards the East, and the East is hatred towards the West, and then. If you go to the 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 east of the west, there's towards the west of the west. So you know, everyone in Scotland pretty much hates each other. You know, it's like there's no yeah. there's no unifying thing. Um, no. The fact they don't like England, that's essentially it. And they don't like people from Dumfries because they're practically English anyway. Um, <laughs> you, know, it's yeah. nothing, you know, it's like the it's a it's a it's a the Willys from The Simpsons line. You know, you know, it's like Scots hating Scots. Oh, the Scots! I hate those Scots. You know. Oh, Scotland <laughs> by, by nature hates itself, you know, from top to bottom.
1: So a great that, spot as well.
0: Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't really required, and that's what kind of knocked down a few points myself.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: But, yeah, but definitely still worth a watch. Eight out of ten, absolutely worth a watch. Um, definitely. And the last film of the week, which was, which I saw at the cinema, um, is a film called Whitney, which is a biopic of Whitney Houston, um, directed by... Kevin McDonald, which is the main reason I went and seen it because I'm a big fan of Kevin uh, McDonald. I didn't know
1: Kevin McDonald directed it. did not
0: know that. watch it. Like I have like, as you know my musical taste veer quite far away from Kev- from uh, Whitney Houston. Um he's not, <laughs> he's probably not on my iPod. Um but <laughs> Kevin McDonald made um for me one of the best documentaries, which is One Day in September. Oh yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Incredible Touching the Voice, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, Touching the Void is amazing. Yeah, amazing. Um, topic, yeah. I haven't seen it, I can't find it. anywhere. we done one called Marley, all about Bob Marley? Yeah, it's brilliant. It was on Netflix. I yeah. watched it on Netflix. It's not to, on there anymore. It may not be on there anymore. I'll have to try and see because it was on there. Um, but more than that, he's, like, he has actually a genuinely good um, like, um, fiction director, uh, non-fiction director as well, because he directed, um, well, one of my favourites from a couple of years ago that no one else saw was Black Sea, which I thought was brilliant. No, I
1: love that. Yeah, he, he did uh, um, yeah. He did Black Sea, and he did... Um, to play, the remake, which it's is really
0: old, good too. One as well. He also did Last King of Scotland as well, which I think is a fantastic. Yeah, movie. these are
1: all these are all excellent films. Yeah. you know, excellent. Yeah,
0: yeah. And a really good post apocalyptic film called How I Live Now, which is all about sort of like how like an atom bomb going off in London and how it affects the rest of the country. You know, people I this. have not seen that. I and haven't seen that. It's really good. good. It's got the boy from Sunshine on Leaf on it. I can't remember his name. The one, the if you remember, the, the guy who doesn't go back to war. The other one. He's in it, and there's a few other people it you probably recognise, but it's a really... Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. I know who, I know what one you mean. It's yeah.
0: in, it's uh, in, I think his name's George, I want you to say. But I might be wrong. He's, he's, he's in a film that's out this week, but I'll get to that later. Um, But again, How I Live Now is a fantastic film. Anyway, the plot oh. of Whitney Houston biopic is what you'd imagine. It is showing the life and times of Britney, Spe- uh, Britney Spears. Whitney Houston, um, from when she was growing up in New Jersey, which I didn't realise she was from New Jersey, which made me... No. surprised um a family grew up during the newark well she grew up during the Newark riots, which were obviously massive in New Jersey when basically people were getting shot in the streets um uh-huh. and all the life through that through singing in churches to her her mother taking her on tour her mum was quite a famous singer she sang with Aretha, Aretha Franklin. and uh, she won her back in singers and oh, okay. on to love- Whitney, onto Whitney's actual own sort of rise from from that into what she became and of course the, the eventual decline and and downfall. Right. Of it. Yeah. Um obviously Whitney Houston features heavily in it. You've got all the, most of the Houston family actually feature in it very heavily. Um and also the, you know Bobby Brown, her husband features quite a lot in it. It's pretty much all done with archival footage um and also you know, your usual um talking head, you know Talkin head. Talking head, yeah. Interviews yeah, yeah. People doing that. Um, I'm gonna say like I'm not a Whitney Houston fan, but I found this a really strong touching documentary. Um, and um, I think yeah. again, I think, I think the, the, the hallmark of a good, certainly a good music documentary or a good sport documentary is even if you give zero shits about what the subject matter is, if you can watch that and come out, with maybe not liking the thing, but have a new appreciation for what, for what, for what the person was. And yeah. It's about know.
1: people, isn't it? If you yeah. tell a story well wow, about people, people are interesting. So yeah. even if you, it's not about the the material they create. Is it? You know, if you create, yeah, the best documentaries quite often the ones you give zero books down
0: to yeah. the people. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, um, so it it does touch it, because it's got a family in it. I was surprised that it actually touched upon a lot of the darkness. That, obviously mean, know, you have to touch on the fact you use drugs because that's essentially what killed her. So you have to yes. you have to go to that, but there's a there's a there's other stuff that I didn't know about, you know that about. Okay. Yeah. There's you know there's stuff for the family that's very it's, you know icky to say the least. The stuff with the uh, father about you know how he tried to exploit her with you know money and you know yeah. wanting to control her, who she was, which is quite common I think in sort of most songs. I think was um, yeah the one I was compared it to probably the Amy Winehouse documentary.
1: Wow, I mean, if it's if it's anywhere near that, then it's well worth a watch because I thought that
0: was masterful. Yes. Amy mm-hmm. Winehouse. I watched that documentary knowing nothing about it, other than know that Amy Winehouse was a junkie and she had a decent singing voice. Watched it and actually had new found respect for her. Same with Whitney. Yes. documentary. I all I know from Whitney Houston was she had a like a hell of a voice, like an insane voice, like in a, like probably one of yes. the best generation, but also was an absolute crazy drunk, you know, um, drug abusing crazy person. Um yes. but this it does explore that. It doesn't resolve everything, which I think is a bit of a shame. There's a thing when it uh, touch, touch upon her sexuality, she she was very close to someone, like a woman. Uh, there was, the woman with a lesbian and there's always talk that Whitney at best would have been everyone thought they were both together. I think maybe okay. she have been more if she was alive now and she was coming to fame now she probably just be described as bisexual or at the very least right. someone who had interest in women, but because of their very strong religious upbringing, that wasn't allowed to happen. Yeah. Um, right. And anyway. Maybe
1: McDonald's could, couldn't delve further. Maybe he could only get to a certain point yeah. before he
0: got clean. Yeah. But she's missing from the documentary, which I thought was a real shame. Like The the woman who she had there, so like uh, she was a tour manager for Whitney for, for a long, long time. And she was oh sort of, really? Whenever whenever the family tried to exploit Whitney, she was sort of the voice that tried to keep her away from. i try to like keep her grounded and trying, um, you know, understand her. And if and when things did start to go south, it was due to, it was due to the absence of her. You know, when she get pushed out, that's when the things really started to sort of hit the fan and go and go to hell. So the fact her voice is missing from the documentary, it does leave a hole. Um, that's you a shame. Can- yeah, so she had, and she might have her own person for not doing it. I, I honestly don't know. It was now it, it, I've not really looked into it enough right now. But I feel if they it had her there, it would probably, it would have added a little bit more to what was an already very very good documentary. I'm not telling you, but you know Kevin McDonald is a fantastic documentarian. Um, you know, yeah. you know, you know, he knows how to show a story and, and engage with you. Um, so it's it's very very good, and I think people might be put off because it's about Whitney Houston. If you're not a fan of Whitney Houston, you're know, I'm not going to go and see that. But I think if people should get a chance, they should definitely should go and see because I I thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: Uh, I mean, for me, my if I had to pick one, I know it's
0: uh, it's almost it as a
1: different genre it's all, documentary. But music documentary for me is probably my favourite genre in any yeah. in any sense. So I'm I'm drawn to it because it's so they're so focused on these incredibly creative characters who are the cliche but inevitably massively flawed. Oh, yeah. So I'm 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 always drawn to that. So I always find that the most interesting piece of work. I'm not going to listen to Whitney Houston after it. But you know, I'll I'll go and I'll appreciate the fact that she had a hell of a voice and you know, I loved a bit of the bodyguard. Not I'm not gonna lie. And uh
0: i one, one of the talking heads in the in the documentary, Costner thumbs up. There we go. That's yeah. all I need. But they got, they got okay. big Kev there. Yeah, but Kev's in like, oh Kevin, well done. I think we're not gonna get Kevin Costner for this, but they got Costner. And to be honest, if you can put cost on any film, then I will watch it. Well,
1: I know this, but you know, uh, <laughs> but you know, Kevin and, and I bet he's very magnanimous and and very, very uh, heartfelt about her as well. So I I really look forward to watching that. Actually, sounds yeah. excellent.
0: It does seem that the will find its audience on on Netflix. Um, we saw on the day England were playing Croatia, so it was a relatively quiet screening, I would say. It was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The um, it wasn't particularly busy. Um, which I think it's a bit of a shame. I think um, I don't think it would have been much busier if if England weren't playing Croatia, but definitely probably lost a few members because people are not going to waste their time going to see a documentary when they can go and watch the go and watch the football. But um, I think I don't regret going to see it. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I
1: think it's available on um Sky Store now. I
0: think yeah, that, they do like you can buy it early if you don't get it for like three months.
1: Ah, oh, motherfuckers. All oh, right, uh, okay.
0: I'll you, I'll on as well, and so it's like um, lot of stuff that's come out recently. So you buy, one of them was due. It was, all the big hits, like um, Infinity War, was available the day it came out. But you have you bought it just basically like, when this comes out on DVD, we'll send you a DVD.
1: Why do that? Why get, be I'll,
0: cool? I'll, I'll go buy the Blu-ray. That's I'll I'll find out. You go and buy it myself when it comes out. I don't need to buy it, preempt it, you know. Yeah, uh, I want. Yeah. I might
1: as well get a tangible thing,
0: you know, for the same fucking price. You uh. <laughs> so, but yes, yeah, so I, I would give Whitney 8 out of 10, so it's definitely worth eight watching. 8 out of 10? 8 out of 10, Excellent. strong documentary, definitely worth watching. Cool, I'm
1: yeah. I'm glad, I, I didn't know it was McDonald's either, I, I would have been. I was keen anyway, but yeah. I'm a lot more keen now, yeah. um, so that's good, I really enjoyed Black Sea, that, was yeah. that his last thing he did?
0: I think so, no, I think he did that one One Day, I think it was a documentary, and maybe that was the last one he'd done, it's like One Day on Earth, it's sort of just showing the world
1: oh yeah no one never saw that either but yeah, no
0: he had a show on BBC2 about two weeks ago and I, I made to tape it and and, um, and missed it but that was the last one he did oh. I may be wrong I think it seemed a bit a bit
1: Malik almost
0: that one oh, but right. yeah. Cool. yeah I have heard they're very um, but yeah like I said I, had, I really did it very interesting I was watching the we always see something else and the trailer was on for it, and I am like I'm not going to have no interest really not much interest in seeing this I'll catch it on Netflix and then it flashed up from director Kevin Donnelly, like well, that's that sold the film to me. Yeah, and so, That's great, that's, though, isn't it? That's, that's great it. when
1: that happens. What, what a testament to him and his body of work. You know, that's great.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's pretty much it for the cinema this week. Um, next week, we've got quite an interesting week. We have got... Um, you won't be here for this one, but we'll talk about it anyway next week. Um, we'll have Incredibles 2, which I have seen mm. and, and I loved, and we'll talk about it more at length next week. Um, mm. That is out. You've also got Skyscraper, which is the... The Rock does Die Hard: The Towering of Inferno with a <laughs> with, with a fake <laughs> leg for some reason, which I'm sure is a major plot point in the film. But he's got a fake leg for some reason. Makes sense. That stacks up. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like it's gonna be one of those films that's very much on The Rock three star enjoyable movies, but not really breaking out. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's like five star sort of charisma, two star film.
1: The Rock,
0: though, isn't it? I think the it's, rock. it's, it's all, like, all charisma. It's his charisma that brings these films through. Like, we watched Carnage this year, and it was meh. San Andreas, stuff like that. It's, it's purely his charm that makes you watch it. The only one i to put separate from that maybe it would be Jumanji, which I thought was generally very, very funny and very good. And that's, a lot I of still haven't seen
1: that. I still
0: haven't yeah. seen that. I, I have seen Rampage, um, which was... Is it Rampage? The one with The Rock? Yeah, Rampage. Rampage, Rampage.
1: Rampage yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That that was... That could have been great, yeah. and it's obviously ridiculous, but I felt that they missed a, a bit of the trick there. He should have become massive. Why didn't he, you know, uh, w- yeah, with the animal, with the creatures, there should have been some kind of massive Pacific Rim-style battle. Yeah. So I feel like missed an opportunity there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, again, it's a three-star film, five-star charm. Yeah. You get a well, three-star yeah. film, five-star charm, you get a three-star movie, which we're discussing at work recently, there's a real lack of the of 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 dumb action film. Remember when we were growing up with stuff like Daylight and Dante's Peak and Volcano and like, even stuff like Independence Day and Deep Impact? Yeah!
1: Just, they were great films, though. They were, they were damn enjoyable pieces of cinema. Yeah. You know, completely throw away. They're not going to stay with you, but you bloody enjoy them for two hours. You're yeah. lost in them.
0: If you, if Whereas, you break you a plot down in yeah. you know, <laughs> any meaningful way, it falls apart within about four seconds. But for fuck's sake... Yeah. It, <laughs> for the... What hour and fifty. You watch it for. It's like it's it's insanely. Even Die Dying Hard. is Dying a ridiculously stupid movie, but because, yeah. But it's it's insanely enjoyable. It, and then, it, so, it's it's like, about
1: that it's about escapism, isn't it? Yeah. Cinema in its own purest form, in a way. Yeah. I Suppose there's no pretension there at all.
0: Yeah. So, Guys, People's out next week. We've also got the Secret of Marrowbone, which is a I think it's a British horror, and it looks like actually. Okay. I'm putting it out there right now. I think there's some incest involved in it, but I'm not... I I haven't had that confirmed yet, but I reckon there's some incest involved in it. Based on what's on the trailer, somebody's fucking someone who should be fucking. Is it
1: based
0: on the island? It it, it doesn't look that far off, to be honest. I think looking at it, is Island Man or Aaron's the look of it? It's okay. I could say that. You can say that. You're allowed to say That's out. Quite, so these three are getting quite a wide release. There's another one out which is only getting quite a small release. I'm trying to convince Jill to go and see it, which is called First Reformed, which is starring Ethan Hawke and it's directed by the guy that's Taxi Driver, Paul Schaefer. Oh, uh, the
1: Paul Schaefer one's getting quite
0: a bit of buzz, that. A bit lot of a return to yeah. Yeah, Really yeah. strong buzz, but getting very, very limited release time. Um, oh,
1: that'd be good. It's yeah. a religious base, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I mean, and Ethan Hawke plays a priest, Amanda sacred. either plays a reporter or something that he's investigating him, or he's investigating something's something going on with priests and children and everything. Mm. So, definitely doesn't seem like a happy movie by any stretch, but it's definitely an yeah. interesting film. Um, and like I said, Ethan Hawke, I, I'm always time to watch Ethan Hawke and pretty much anything. Um, you
1: got you got Schaefer and Hawke, I'm going to give it a chance, yeah. give it a
0: whirl, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely, definitely for me as well. Um, so, if it's only shown at silly, it's shown at stupid times in Glasgow. So it's. Ah, uh, man. Yeah. Like, I think in early morning or late night. So it's like, oh, well, that kind of fuckers everybody up, doesn't it? It's a real shame. Yeah. But, so I'm um, going to try and get to go and see it. Um, but uh, so that is it for this week. If you're looking to get in contact, we are on Twitter at Three Bears and Movie, Facebook at Three Bears and Movie, and also Instagram at the same address. And you can email Colin at Three Bears and Movie at gmail.com. Sure. Thank you for joining tonight.
1: Thank you, sir. Been a pleasure as always.
0: Yeah, it's good to hear your voice. Um, I'm glad you're on this year because we we did miss a chance a couple of weeks ago to try and do one. We did. I love it. I love it. Yeah. it's just uh about the damn sea in between us. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I've been I've been Richard. You've been. I've been Stu. And you've been listening to.